This is the Ezra Podcast. Massive fight this weekend. You know, we have Canelo Alvarez. You know, should be in your pound for pound. You know, one, two, or three. I, I think one and two is probably the only ones I really find acceptable for him. But I have met two, right? I have Usyk at one. That's a debate to have at another time. Um, as far as, you know, resume-wise and who has the most uh, notable wins, Canelo's going to win that that argument. But it's as far as, you know, that heavyweight win over, you know, a guy that's arguably one of the best heavyweights at the time. And you're talking about weight gain, right? You're talking about covering weight classes. I mean, Usyk is going from, you know, 200 pounds to fighting a guy that's 250 to 260 pounds. Okay, that's a 50 to 60 pound weight diff- uh, weight that he went up, right? So that's why I have Usyk over. But this weekend's important because the if Canelo wins this fight, I'm going to have him take a number one spot back and on my resume pound for pound list. And mine's is a resume pound for pound list, not just a pound for pound list where we have, you know, uh, hypothetically you or, you know, imagine in your imagination, you run in your mind what these guys could do, right? And not knowing him without any evidence or uh, anything to back it up. Because, you know, if in that case, right, like these guys have pound for pounds and they're just like, you know, who's the best fighter of all the weight class? If all these guys fought the same weight class, who would win? You know, you would have to, you, you could make an argument that Boots should be on there, right? You, should make, you could make an argument that Shakur could be on there. You could make an argument, but that's not the way I do it. Because to me, you got to earn it. I can't just give it to you. It's fun to do that in boxing, but... You know, we, you got to earn it. You got to earn your spot. And on my pound for pound, my resume pound for pound, it goes off of wins, notable wins. Uh, how you looked in those wins. How dominant you were in those wins. If you won and it's controversial, well, that, that could knock you down a few. Now, I'm not going to completely hurt you. I'm going to go off the actual decision, right? No matter what, whether I agree with it or not. But it could knock you, right? But I'm not going to be like, oh, count, I'm going to count that as a loss. That's a loss in my book. It's like, I, I can't do that. Okay, what are we watching? Why do we keep watching that if we're just going to make up their own rules as we go along? Thank you guys for joining. This is the Ezra Podcast. I feel like I maybe jumped the gun a little bit, didn't get into it. This is a boxing edition of the podcast. The reason why I say that is because I do MMA editions of the podcast. I will have an MMA edition up um, tomorrow for the Charles Oliveira versus Gaethje fight. But that's not why we're here to talk. We're here to talk Canelo versus Bivol. So let me... Um, No, not the right one. There it is right there. You know, we, we're here to talk about, you know, how does it, what is this fight going to look like? What does it mean in the grand scheme of things? If we're talking about what it's going to mean in the grand scheme of things, let's go to this. Here, here this is uh, something I had did uh, a few months ago. It's Canelo's top five wins. I ranked them, right? What are his top five wins? Number one, we have uh, Golovkin. Number two. And this is a recent revision that originally I had lower number two. I went to Kovalev. And a lot of people try to downplay the Kovalev fight because he was knocked out, right? Uh, prior to that, he had three fights from the Canelo fight, he was knocked out. What they leave out is that same guy that knocked out, that knocked him out, he went back and got unanimous decision victory over him. Completely shut him out, right? That's the part they, they, they'll leave out when they bring that up. Then they'll say, oh, well, you know, Yard almost had him out. And it's like, okay, Yard is a credible opponent. And yes, Yard did hurt him. You know how that fight ended? It ended with Kovalev knocking him out with a jab. Then they're going to say, oh, well, it wasn't enough training camp, right? 
so it's funny because people will say, oh, he was off. A, it, it, you know, you could always flip it to fit your narrative. Oh, he was too long. It was he was he was off a year, year and a half. It was too long. He was a long layoff. He was rust. Now Kovalev, he's too active, right? He was too he was too active to get in there with um, Canelo. I also heard, oh, he didn't get to do a full training kick because he wanted vacation. Even though when he knew the fight was set and he wanted it delayed, the B side, who was going to get a, you know one of the biggest paydays of his career, wanted it pushed off because he wanted to go on vacation. What the hell you do with your time is what you do with your time, right? I'm not here to oh make excuses for you. And it's funny that we buy excuses when it's convenient to us. But no one believes that Manny Pacquiao had a hurt shoulder, right? No one believes that. So we're going to buy one excuse but not buy the other. And the other one's a vacation. You know how ridiculous that sounds to say, oh, well, he was on vacation. You know how stupid that sounds? I, 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 I can't believe someone actually told me that. But that's what they said. But I think Kovalev wins damn good, and it's at 175 pounds. Now, whether, you know, oh, he could have rehydration, all that, Canel's the A-side. But I'll tell you one thing, when he fights Bavolswagen, there's no rehydration clause. There's no cash weights. It's going to be the weight. It's going to be 175 pounds. At number three, I have uh, Erisandi Lara, which, you know, Lara doesn't really have uh, a lot of great wins. So sometimes it, it gets tough when you do these things, um, you know, as far as, like, why is this guy above certain guys, right? I think Lara was at top of his game when Canelo fought him. You know, he uh, uh, he had beat Trout after Canelo uh, beat Trout. He, you know, at that point, I don't think anyone was down that he, you know, he was the probably the number two guy at 154 pounds. Uh, after Lara, we go to Miguel Cotto. Now, again, Miguel Cotto was older, and the thing you're always going to hear with Miguel Cotto is that he was a small middleweight. They didn't actually fight a middleweight. It was a catchweight. It was fought for middleweight title, but it wasn't for It wasn't at middleweight. They, Canelo weighed 155. Uh, Cotto weighed 153. Okay? And Cotto just got off beating Sergio Martinez. Sergio Martinez is my, one of my favorite fighters. I know that, that wasn't the Sergio Martinez, but no one had proven that that wasn't Sergio Martinez until Cotto did. Okay, so I have to give him credit. I can't just, oh, nope, that that one doesn't count. It counts. That was the guy. Sergio Martinez was the guy at middleweight at that point. Now, Golovkin was there too, but Sergio Martinez had earned his spot on top of the middleweight division. Ifa Cotto, Cotto beats him, smokes him. I know that that's not the Sergio Martinez that once was, but no one had proven that he wasn't that one until Cotto did it. So I got to give him credit for that win. And then number five, I have Daniel Jacobs. Now, with Bavol, where does he rank in this? I think Bavol's number three. I'm starting to lean that it could be number two. He just doesn't have enough, like, credible wins to me. Now, let's see what Joel Smith does with uh, Beardviv. If he fights Beardviv and he knocks out Beardviv or gives him hell or whatever it is, maybe that could move up Bavol, right? These are changing. These these could change after a win, right? Wins can age better over time. They just can't. You know, like Mayweather's win over Canelo. When he beat Canelo, that, that wouldn't have been a top five win. For Mayweather, I still don't think it really is, but because Canelo goes on to do all these things, you kind of have to. It starts working his way up, so these wins can get worse or can get better over time. So Bivol can, you know, he, it could move, it could um, improve over time. It could get better. It could move to number one. I mean, let's just see what Bivol does. But first of all, Canelo has to get that W first, but let's just see what he does after that. A lot of the things, what happens, and especially now, is a guy would get a a massive payday, right? And you're fighting the best guy in the world against Canelo, which is Canelo. And you lose to him, and you got the massive payday, and you got a taste of what the number one guy looks like, right? What the best guys look like, what the elite look like, and it kind of lose that motivation to keep going. So then it kind of diminishes your win because, okay, this guy's undefeated. 
kind of his first time at that, you know, kind of his first time at the, the top, right, with the elite level. And after he loses, he's no longer, he kind of loses confidence, and he has money now. He has he doesn't really need to do this anymore. So these guys never, the win never goes on. Like, it's not like, you know, back in the day where, like, you beat a guy and that guy still goes on to have a legendary career. We're not really seeing that in this era of boxing. So that's why kind of Canelo, I get him when he says, like, these guys have to fight each other, right? The Charlo, Benavides, Plant, like, they have to fight each other, even though he already beat Plant. But he's saying, get some win. So, it, you know, when I beat you, we know who you are. Right? If you guys all fight each other and the one guy comes out on top, I'll fight him because that way we know who you are. And when I add you on the resume, there's no doubting it. But when I just, you beat a guy like Trout and then Trout goes on to lose to Laura, it's like it knocks the win. It, it diminishes the win. So this is just, you know, some people are getting pissed when I post this because they're like, he has better wins in, or he has more wins in this. And it's just his top five wins, in my opinion. If we're going off notable wins, I have that too. That's right there. I think he has eight notable wins. I think Smith is very borderline to not being a notable win. But I think you go Triple G, Kovalev, Lara, Kodo, Jacobs, exactly as other list. And then you have to go Trout, who had beat Kodo, right? When Kodo was still a very good fighter at 154. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, who has, you know, uh, wins over... Pull the damn names. I'm gonna blank right now. Uh, he has wins over Eubanks. He has wins over Lemieux, over uh, uh, Andy Lee. I think those are decent wins to make him a credible fighter. Uh, Smith won the super middleweight tournament. Now there wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say it was, you know, of the credible guys at that weight because he didn't have none of the guys from the PUC as far as Plant Benavides. Uh, none of those guys were in there. I thought he had to be in there because he won that. He beat John Ryder controversially, but like I said, I go off official decisions. Uh, he beat John Ryder. I know. I thought it was. I was. I'm telling you, it's very borderline. I, I, if people tell me like, you know, it doesn't belong on there, I, I would hear the argument. I'm gonna say it does. Sometimes he was just to me. He had the argument to being the top guy at 168 at that point. It's hard to say. Oh no, no, no. He doesn't belong on that list. So I'm gonna say I have him at number eight. But eight notable wins is damn good for the point where Canelo's only 31 is gonna have a lot more notable wins going forward. Pretty much most of his fights going forward have been notable wins. Will Golovkin be a notable win? The, n- number three uh, versus Golovkin. I-, I think it will be. I think Golovkin kind of proved when he fought Murata that he still has something left. He's still a credible guy at middleweight. Now him moving to 168. You know, that's uh, not a weight because he's ever fought at. He's never been past middleweight, so we'll have to see about that. But I, I still think Golovkin might be a notable win. I think that if Charlo beat him, it'd be a notable win for him. If Demetrius Andrade beat him, right? If Munguia beat him, they'd be notable wins for them. So why wouldn't it be for... Why is there different rules for Canelo? I don't think it really works that way. Um, then his third fight, right? Uh, you know, we got to see where it goes. It might That might be like a rider. I don't think rider's a notable win. In my opinion, I don't think rider's a notable win. Um... But, you know, you, you, there's a chance he goes undisputed at 175, which would be Birovev or Joe Smith. I imagine it's Birovev. Uh, he still has Charlo out there. There's news dropped today that Earl Spence was a possible opponent if he was going to stay at PBC at 164, which is a fight that I don't really like. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I, don't, I don't really care for that fight. I don't care for fights where it really does nothing for... If, say, Canelo wins, it does nothing for him. And if Spence loses, it doesn't mean anything. Only thing that's going to happen is just the damage he takes. 
and how that affects his career going forward. A career going forward. Now, does that mean that this fight will always never mean anything? I don't. That's not the case. I'm saying from Spence, who fought at 147 his whole life, to make the jump all the way, like 20 pounds to 164, to fight Canelo. I don't like it. I don't think. I don't think it does anything for Canelo's career. I think we go in there with an obvious excuse for why this fight will have the result that it will have, right? When I think that Spence, if he goes to 154, he shows that he's still very good at 154, even goes to 160 and shows that, then you would say, okay, let's make this happen. But you want some credibility before you make that fight happen. And I truly think that why do that to Spence at this point in his career when he still has a great run and he still has a weight class to 154 and 160 ahead of him? I don't like moves like that. It reminds me of Kell Brook, Triple G. I never liked fights like that. I don't want to see it. Uh, it doesn't interest me at this point. But that was a fight that was possible, right? Um, and you have uh, Benavides. So there's still notable names to add on this list. And this is turning into, you know, a le- to me, a legendary list, right? By the, end of the, by the end of this guy's career, I think it's going to be, a, you know, a list to you could put in with, to me, all-time greats and be like, look, at his notable wins, look at this guy's notable wins. It's it's one of those lists. And especially if you're, especially if you're calculating for, like, all the weight classes he's moving up to add these names. Now, we get to the Bovo fight. So, let's pull that bad boy back up. What is this fight going to really look like, right? Now, I'm we're talking, I said he's a top five uh, opponent. It'd be a top five win for Canelo. So it's a, it's a legit fight, even though people are going to try to downplay it uh, because it's really because because of Bavol's, uh not the fight that they wanted. People wanted Charlo. People wanted Benavides because they're more well-known here, right? They're, uh, they got a fan base here. It would be a bigger fight here in the States. I agree with you on that. But that doesn't knock how good Bavol is. It's not, a, it's, it's not always a popularity contest, right? This is a legit 175. He's in the argument for me in the top two of the best guy at 175. So you can't say, oh, this isn't a legit opponent. Or, you know, and if you feel like, because you feel like this is an easy fight for Canelo, you feel like Canelo's going to win for sure, that still doesn't knock the win. That just shows you how good Canelo is. So that's the thing that when these guys get so good and you expect them to win, that's like the criticism I'm hearing for Shakur, is you expect him to win the fight. So then it starts knocking the W. Right, it starts saying like, "Well, that that wins not as good because I expected him to win." And it's like, "Well, well, who who else are you supposed to fight? Is this the number two guy in the weight? Is this the you know n- labeled number one guy at the weight class?" So just because he's supposed to beat that guy, we're gonna take credit from the win. I don't think it works that way. Like I said, I don't think that was, that's the way it works. So this is a legit opponent, and this is a guy with legit skill. Now you're talking about Bavol. It's a guy that is pretty damn well rounded. He has good speed. He has pop. He can he has good leg movement. He has good size. He can do a lot of things. He's very smart in the ring, high ring IQ. Now, is he a little bit predictable with his combos? Yes, he is. Uh, is he move kind of straight back? Yes, but it's a pretty fast step back. He has a pretty fast step back. And you've seen, uh, using Shakur again, how you know how good that could really be if you have a fast step back. Even if you're moving straight back, if, if you have, you're confident in that step back, and when you step back, you can attack off of it. That makes it even harder to chase you, right? Because you might walk into something. Now, he's not as good as Shakur with that step back. I just want to make sure that I'm clear with that. He is defensively aware, too. So, I'm very curious how this fight plays out. Now, a lot of people use the Kovalev fight as an example. And if you remember the Kovalev fight, Kovalev is kind of 
keeping Canelo at range and uh, using a high work rate with like putting not a lot into his punches. I remember watching that fight live and thinking that this fight was very close and maybe that Kovalev was winning the fight. As I watched his studying for this fight, I realized that Kovalev was not winning this fight. Kovalev was throwing a lot of punches, right? It was was having a high work rate. A lot of his stuff was just kind of settling on Canelo's high guard. And Canelo, when he started letting go of shots, like around third round, to me it was like clear that he was wrapping up a lot of these rounds because his shots were clearly landing. There was no doubt about it. They were uh, very effective, and there was a lot on them. It was a big impact when he landed. When Bavol was just kind of like just tapping, just tapping, just tapping, kind of remind me of almost like Conor McGregor when he fought Floyd, and he's just like kind of like tapping, uh, Conor, uh, tapping Floyd with like the little jab. It's like not really effective. Yes, he's technically scoring points, but to me, it just was very clear that Canelo's work was just a lot better than Kovalev's in that fight. The thing is with Bavol is, you know, Kovalev folds late in that fight. I don't know if Bavol folds, right? I've I've never really seen him hurt. Now, Joe Smith caught him, but I I just don't see, I find it really hard to believe that Canelo's just going to be able to you know, land a big power shot at some point in this fight and just be able to end it. I, I don't think that. I, I think that Bavol might be durable enough to where I feel like this fight goes to the decision. Now, like saying before, when I saw the Kovalev fight live, if that fight would have won the decision, I, I would have been kind of worried and been like, I kind of feel like Kovalev's going to win this fight. But with Bavol... But like I said, after I watched it, I thought Canelo was clearly in the lead. But Bavol's in his prime. He's fast with good legs and better legs than what Kovalev had at that point or ever really at, at any point in his career as far as like speed and explosion. And if Bavol could kind of like stay in the bicycle and kind of make Canelo have to walk into shots, it would get interesting. Now, Canelo has very good speed at 175. That really stood out, and especially in the Kovalev fight. He's very good now, like, with people that do move away from him, because he did have that kind of a problem with that. I even kind of noticed in the plant fight a little bit. I was like, you know, if, if you can move around the ring, you could give him problems. Now, Bavol doesn't really move around the ring like plant or that style, right, that would kind of give Canelo a lot of problems. But he does have footwork, and he does have, you know, fast feet at times. So Canelo's going to have to slowly eat away at that space. But the another thing I noticed with Bavol was that like recently it, it wasn't as his movement was not as fluid as it was before. And he was not really taking the chances that maybe I noticed before in his career. Now, maybe the skill levels went up on the guys. I don't necessarily the, you know, the, the opponent list that he has doesn't necessarily kind of like show evidence that the skill levels going like at this, some high level that he wasn't fighting at before. I think that, um, I don't know, I, th- I think he's definitely become more cautious. The one thing I did notice is in the, in the Richards fight is that Richard was able to land stuff. It did make Bavol kind of step up his game a little bit, especially his offense. So I think that this fight might actually turn out to be pretty good because I think that Canelo's for sure going to land stuff. He's for sure going to be effective. He's going to be able to counter off his jab with his overhand right. He's going to test every time Bavol jumps in with his, you know, like his uh, one-two-one combo. Canelo's going to test his body. He's going to test a left hook counter on that. I think Bavol, this is going to make Bavol kind of 
a more entertaining fighter than we're used to seeing. I think a lot of people were expecting like a boring fight and kind of expecting Bavol to kind of like shell up like Smith did. I don't, I don't see that. I think that he has the kind of game where it will step up with higher level competition, and especially if he's forced to step up, if he's forced to have to show something to win the fight. I think that you might see that Bavol. Now I see people picking Bavol to win this fight. I see the reasoning for that. That's not insane to me. Actually, Bavol won this fight. I wouldn't be surprised at all because Bavol is very good. I told you at 175, he has a lot of abilities. Now, how do I see the fight playing out? I think Canelo starts off applying pressure. I don't think Bavol's going to move around like Caleb Plant or like that. He just That's not in his style. I don't think he's going to move like that. Now, will he have leg movements? Will he step back to get in, out of range? Yes. But I think that there's going to be a lot of in-range fighting and very tactical. And Bavol's going to pick his shots on Canelo's guard. And Canelo's going to look to counter him at points and take some chances to push him back. And it's going to be a challenge of jabs. And a lot of people saying that Bavol doesn't really have that power jab that like Golovkin does or like even Charlo, as they were saying, that that gives Canelo problems. Bavol has a decent jab. It's a, it's a fast jab. It, it, it kind of uses it to set up his other stuff. It doesn't really use it to keep someone in a place or, you know, as a defensive mechanism. It's more to get his offense going. And I expect that to be used, but I also expect Canelo to use his jab. He has a very strong jab, very powerful jab. But it's a, it's a kind of a one-off in his jab. He's not going to double it up. He kind of just boom one one explosive thing, and it kind of uses that to build his momentum coming forward. I expect him to challenge each other with the jab. I think there's going to be very a lot of interesting exchanges in this fight. I do believe that Bavo will be kind of become a little bit more predictable as this fight goes on. And a guy like Canelo, who's making adjustments and able to read those things, will land a lot more clear going later in the fight. And he's going to clear, uh, clearly win the later rounds. I expect the first few rounds to be very competitive. I expect this fight to be competitive pretty much throughout. Maybe a lot more like the Jacobs fight, where they're kind of in each other's range, picking shots, but very tactical, very chess-like. I'm going to take Canelo to win a decision in this fight. I expect it to be a tough fight. I expect Bavol's game to really step up. And I expect it to be a lot more entertaining than I think than what people are, are expecting. Because I think that Bavol will move at times. But what I've noticed is that when he needs to win a fight, he's not afraid to kind of stay in range and trade shots. And look to find his spot and play that game. So I'm going to take Canelo in this fight. I think it's a big win for him. I think it's a close fight. I think it's a fight, though, that he clearly wins. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people calling out for robbery or controversy. I just think that Canelo's adjustments, his power carrying late, his speed carrying late, and the way he starts just kind of seeing the timing and Bavol just kind of become a little more predictable later in the fight. I'm going to take Canelo to win the fight. Now, where does Canelo go from there? It looks like it's going to be Triple G. Like I said, I still think Triple G at this point is a notable win for Canelo. I think that might be a controversial I think that be might be up for debate. Uh, I'm definitely going to probably put that on Twitter and see what people say. But it's Triple G. And then where it gets interesting is the third fight, right? The third fight that, you know, was brought to my attention that it really isn't a part of the deal that he has, right? He doesn't necessarily have to stay with third fight with the zone. Now, I think there's a definitely an option for a third fight with the terms in place, but I think that that's where it's going to get definitely very interesting to see you know, what Canelo's looking to do. Because, you know, Undisputed will be there for him at 175 if he wants to go fight at top rank, right? And top rank's been making a lot of moves lately. So, I, you know, the top rank could wrap up a Canelo fight. I mean, that'd be 
huge for them as well, especially with the the the, the stars they brought in and the schedule. You know, the pretty big fights as far as like well, Shakur just fought um, Haney versus Cambosos. They could bring in Canelo, and then they have uh, with also you know just throw with him facing the winner uh, Beertivia versus Joe Smith, which will be another fight that they throw on ESPN. You know that I'm very interested to see what that third fight is for him. He also has, like I said, Charlo, who's fighting Selecki coming up in a few weeks. He'll have uh, Benavides, who's fighting Lemieux in a few weeks. Zerto is also there. Um, there's a few English names thrown out. Ryder, which to me is like the least interesting option uh, of that choice. I would have preferred if Ryder had fought Demetrius Andrade like around this point, and then the winner would have faced that at least. So that's like at least some buildup. Like you know you're facing at least the best guy of those two. Um but that's where it's going to be interesting going forward. But I tell you, like, Canelo, he's only, what, 31, 32 years old. He's still got a lot of boxing ahead of him. And there's a lot of big names he could be adding uh, to this list of notable wins. I will be doing a post-fight show on this. So thank you guys for listening. Please uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please follow me at Ezra uh, Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please like and subscribe. And this podcast can also be caught, uh, can be uh, listened to on Spotify and Apple. You don't have to see my face. The face is a bonus feature to it, but there's an option without the face. You know what I mean? So I do give you that too. I give you all the options. You get to decide. Thank you guys for listening.